This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com. Welcome to Pick a Tale. I am with Access Radio Taranaki, 104.4 FM. My name is Leslie Dowding, and I'm a storyteller. I enjoy telling stories in schools, libraries, parks, outside, inside. I have many stories to share. Some are my own tales, and some are from around the world. I hope to bring your world into the world of story, wherever you are. May you enjoy every Wednesday, 8am. Welcome to Pick a Tale. The sun has been shining. People have been even swimming in the sea. Do you know the other night I saw some very strange creatures all in the street carrying unusual things like cauldrons and sacks. They had long, pokey noses and tall hats. You guessed, I think it was Halloween. And then there were fireworks a few nights ago. My word, what a busy month. Well, I hope you're going to enjoy Pick a Tale today. The story is called The Wild Swans. It's quite a lengthy one, so listen hard. I think you will enjoy it. In a distant land, there lived a king and a queen, and they had 12 children, 11 boys, but one little girl called Eliza. They all loved each other very much and were very happy. But one day, the queen became ill, and all the doctors were called in but couldn't help her. After a year, the king remarried and had a new queen to look after his beautiful children. But this is where Halloween comes in. He did not know, but she was a witch. She wanted the king all to herself and was determined to get rid of the children. The king had to go away hunting one day, and the children had gone to bed to sleep. But the queen went to the boy's bedroom and said some magic words, and suddenly they were turned into swans. Fly away and never return, she said. So eleven wild swans with tiny silver crowns on their heads flew out of the window into the night sky. When the king returned, he asked to see the children, but of course they were gone. Oh, while you were away, she said, they decided to go and look at the world. How strange they didn't wait for me to come back and tell me. Well, they're young boys now. They're ready to have a look. Eliza couldn't believe that her brothers would have left without saying goodbye. She felt something was wrong, and she really missed them. But her stepmother was very unkind to her, especially when the king was away. She grew thin and pale. A change of air will do you good, said the queen one day to the king. I think it's time for her to go and live somewhere else and explore the world. The king was very sad but could see his daughter was unwell and having lost her mother, he was determined that she should get better. I'm going to miss you, she said. 
It will be good for me to go away for a while. Maybe my brothers will come home soon. A handsome carriage drawn by four white horses was prepared for her trip. She kissed her father's farewell and climbed in. A driver in a beautiful uniform with a trumpet sounded and off they went. Eliza waved because she could see the castle no more. But you know that queen was still plotting against her and she told the driver to stop in the forest and leave the girl there. When they were far inside the forest, the man who was the driver pushed out the carriage and said, Right, you will now have to look after yourself. Eliza didn't know what was happening. Before long, she realised that the carriage wasn't moving. He'd actually unhitched it and had driven off with the horses. Help, she cried, help. The shadows grew longer and it was dark. She didn't know what to do, but she knew to stay inside the carriage to keep warm. She looked around and could see different trees in the forest. She waited for the daylight and forest plants and animals started to come towards the carriage. First there was an apple tree. It let an apple fall to the ground. Then a squirrel dropped some nuts in front of her. A blackbird led her to a blueberry bush. A deer made a path for her. And soon she saw a stream where she could cup her hands and drink the water. And she was able to have a wash. When the sun went down and it grew dark, she went back to the carriage. But all the little creatures came out with torches and showed her a beautiful cave that was warm and cosy. And there she fell asleep. She stayed a few days, a few weeks, a few months, until finally a whole year had gone by. And the forest looked after her. The trees and the animals and the sun were good. And every night she fell asleep in the cave on the moss. But she still wanted to find her brothers. And she had no idea how to leave the forest. Then one night, a beautiful fairy appeared. Was it a dream or was it not? In the morning, I want you to follow the river downstream and see something really amazing. In the morning, Eliza followed the stream, jumped from rock to rock, and at last the sun was almost ready to set when she came to a spot where the river flowed into the ocean. And in the sand were eleven beautiful white feathered swans. As she bent down to pick up a cup of water, they swooped around her and she saw that they were wearing tiny crowns, just like her brothers. They circled and circled and landed right in front. She hadn't seen them for three years, but she knew, looking into their eyes, who they were. Oh, such joy and such hugging went on. We have had an evil spell put on us, said the youngest of the brothers. When the sun comes up in the morning, we turn into swans. But when the sun sets in the evening, we turn back to being brothers again. So you must come or stay until the evening sun. Of course she did. So when the sun went down, well, you can be sure there they were.
It takes a day and a night and another day to, for us to get up to the land in the middle of the ocean. There's a small rock that rises out of it, one of them said to her. That's where we go, and then we're safe. The oldest brother said, We come only here once a year for 11 days to fly over where our mother was, and we check the castle and all our friends and the houses, and then we have to return back to the ocean. Could I not come with you, said Eliza? I want to be with you. We'll see if we can, said the brothers. They worked all night weaving a net made from reeds and thin branches of willows. And when it was done, Eliza fell asleep in the middle of the net. In the morning, the brothers turned into swans and each one held the net in its beak and lifted her high into the air. The young brothers flew above her to shade her from the sun so she would not get burnt. When she looked down, there was the ocean, high waves. <gasps> they flew for days and days, and all she could see was the sea. But then the swans began to fly quite low. They found her quite heavy too. Oh, please don't drop me into the ocean. Please don't drop me into the ocean, she said. They made a great effort and flapped their wings, and as the sun disappeared below the horizon, Elisa saw a tiny rock. The swans dived down with such speed it took her breath away. Saved, they said, and they all clung to the slippery rock. In the morning, the young men turned into swans, of course, and they lifted their sister up into the air and carried her to their home in the land. They flew all day and the swans got tired from carrying the net and their sister, but still they could not rest, for they knew that the sun would soon set and they'd turn into men and they wouldn't have wings. But this time, this time they made it. Soon there were hills and valleys and a castle and a church and people and animals and everything appeared so tiny from above when she looked down, but they landed oh, and touched the ground and soon... Within a moment, they were back into young men again and her brothers. Come, we will show you where we live. Everyone was tired after the journey and they all fell asleep. But Eliza didn't. How can I help them get rid of this dreadful spell? I'd give my life. That night, the same fairy that she'd met before came. How could I save my brothers, she said. Ah, said the fairy, near this cave, there are nettles. Pick them with your hands and stamp on them with your feet. Turn them into flax, spin the flax into yarn, and from the yarn weave eleven shirts with long sleeves. And your brothers will be free, and never be swans again. But always remember, you must perform the work without speaking one word. If you speak, your work will be in vain, and they will be lost forever. I must warn you, it's hard and painful, for nettles can sting you like fire. In the morning, when the swans had flown away, she went outside and picked the nettles that grew near the cave. And just as the fairy had said, it stung her hands, oh, and they were covered in blisters. She stamped on the nettles with her bare feet, and oh, that hurt. But finally, she made the flax. When the brothers returned in the evening, 
They found Elisa at work. They saw blisters on her hands. What has happened to you, our dear sister? But she couldn't tell them. She would not speak. Tears did fall, of course. Day and night she worked on the shirts, and soon she'd finished five. And one day as she sat in front of the cave working on the sick, she heard the sound of hunters. She ran inside. She hid. Who are you, said the hunter, and what are you doing here? But she couldn't speak. Now the hunter was a young prince and he felt sorry for her. She was very beautiful and what was she doing living in a cave? Luckily she was able to take the shirts and the yarn and hide them. Well, said the prince, I think you should come and stay with us in our castle. Dress this beautiful lady in fine clothes, he said as soon as they had arrived. He was a very kind man. But he couldn't understand why she wouldn't speak. And every day he watched her. She would take out a basket and in the basket she would weave some flax and then turn the flax into shirts. She had a sixth, a seventh, an eighth. And every day he watched her and could not understand. But somehow he wanted to help her. Most of all, she wanted to save her brothers and would not speak. Tenth shirt came, and she remembered that the fairy had told her that nettles also grow in the graveyards around the castles because she realised just as she was about to weave the last shirt, she'd run out. She waited for it to be dark, and she crept outside without the moon or the stars or the clouds. Out she went round the church. She was frightened there could be monsters, but she found the nettles. She picked them up and hurried back. The next day, there, a visitor came to the castle. It was the churchman. He told the young prince what he'd seen, the young girl picking nettles. Eliza used all, all the nettles that she'd picked that night and went for the last shirt nearly done, picked back some more. But when she got there, there was the prince and there was the churchman. Oh, what is she doing? Eliza walked towards the nettle patch. There were lots of monsters. Oh no, oh no. I don't think she's safe. Eliza went to the castle with an armful of nettles. Two people arrested her. What is happening? What is happening, she thought, but she still didn't speak. But the prince said, I am worried about you. I don't think it's safe for you to go to the graveside or the graveyard or the church. Oh, what could she do? What could she do? She just had one shirt nearly finished. Her eyes begged at the prince. I'm afraid you are not welcome here anymore, said the prince. Oh dear, her heart would break. Her brothers would be wondering where she was. Well, she was taken away down into a room where she wasn't allowed to speak to anyone, but that didn't matter. All she wanted was to finish that shirt and she worked all day and night by the tiny candle. And finally, finally, it was finished. But there was just one thing wrong. She didn't have enough shirt 
material for the sleeves. Now early in the morning, before sunrise, the guards put her on a cart and an old horse pulled her slowly along through the streets. Look, said the people, who is this? Eliza was frightened. What was going on? She had ten and a half shirts with her. She was hoping that she was going to be taken back to where her brothers were. Because she could not speak, she didn't know. But just as she was going along, eleven swans with tiny crowns flew across the morning sky and landed in front of the cart. Quickly, without anyone knowing what was happening, she threw the shirts over them. And just as quickly, they turned back into young princes. But the younger one, he caught the shirt without sleeves. And when he raised his arms up, he had feathers still on him, a little bit like the swan. And everyone thought he was an angel and said, oh my, what a miracle. He's an angel, come down. But of course he wasn't. Now I can speak, she said. And she told the whole story to everyone in the village, including the prince. She told them and told them and told them. And while she was telling, the roses that were planted in all the gardens in the village began to smell unusually sweet. Overjoyed, the prince stepped forward and said, Do not return home, young men. Why don't you stay here with us in our castle? And we could live happily ever after. And so, that's exactly what they did. Thank you for listening to Pick a Tale today. I hope you've enjoyed that strange and unusual story. It is quite long. We might just do a quick short one in between. This one is also by... Hans Christian Andersen. The other one is a fair, was a fairy tale. Of course, you gathered that with strange things happening to swans. So here's a little quick short one. It's very, very short. It's called The Fox and the Crow. A crow sat high up in a tree with some food in his beak, and below on a park bench sat Mrs. Fox. Hmm, I wish I had something to eat. You will said Mrs. Fox to her dear son, watching the crow. And with a loud voice, the crow went, Oh, crow, you're so handsome. You're so beautiful with your feathers. Look at your shiny coat. The crow felt very proud. And look at your wonderful manners. The crow felt even happier, because he was really quite ugly. It is said, crow, that you have a beautiful voice. I will show you how well I can sing, said the bird. He opened his beak and the food fell out. The cheeky fox picked it up and took it all the way back to her little cubs. Here, look, I've brought you lunch. And the crow began to sing. He forgot that he dropped the food. And the fox said, quick, let's run away before he stops. And so, that is why crows never sing anymore. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Pick a Tale. Look forward to you tuning in next week and listen to the next exciting stories. 
from Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. Check out the website and the podcasts in case you were too busy to sit down and listen this time. You can choose your own time. Thank you from Leslie Dowden. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com.